time passes, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, relentlessly, days and nights passing, but the Dhamma is ever-present. <clears throat> Sanditiko akaliko, ehipasiko, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation. Sapachupanna dhamma, the here and now reality. So our experience of uh, existence is the interface of these qualities, the passing of time, nighttime, morning, midday, afternoon, evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The interfacing of that flow of change and this ever-present reality, this point of intersection. The pull of the senses and the habits of the conditioned, dependent, sensory-based mind is believing in time. Me yesterday, me today, me tomorrow. The power of conditioning of the senses and the instincts based on the, the living body needing to breathe and to eat, to look after its own living space, to function with other living beings. So the power of time and space, individuality, extremely strong. Powerful instinctual forces condition the mind to see and think, feel, in this time-based way. So the practice of Dhamma is going against that stream, going against that conditioning, to continually awaken to the reality of this moment, the Pachupana Dhamma, the here and now reality. Even as our body needs to breathe and move and go places and do things, the challenge of practicing Dhamma is to not tie the heart to that movement, to not be born into all the beginnings and endings, the births and deaths, arisings and passings. This is the challenge. This is the purpose of a place like Amravati, the purpose of the Buddha's teachings, the purpose of monastic life and spiritual training, is to free the heart from that powerful instinctual current of becoming, to awaken to that which is outside of time, outside of space, timeless, unlocated, non-personal quality. The mind continually creates pasts and futures. 
how it was, how I used to be, what I did, the good things, the bad things, how it will be, what I want, what I fear, what I hope for, what my plans are. The mind continually creates past and future, clings to that dimension. So the work of practicing Dhamma, being Dhamma, embodying Dhamma, is to withdraw the mind's fascination with that dimension, past and future. The individual, the me, moving around in an external world. It's to break that habit withdraw the attention from that dimension to attend to this present reality instead. Lumpur Sumedho used to frequently say that uh, practicing Dhamma is not doing something now in order to become enlightened in the future, but rather being awake now. It's a powerful and clear summary for us. To observe, to feel that becoming urge, that pull on the heart of where we're going, how it was, how I want it to be, what I'm afraid of, my plans, my schedule, over there, on my way to, from this to that. So to take a simple principle like practicing Dhamma is not doing something now in order to become enlightened in the future, but being awake, being enlightened now. Being that awake, aware quality now, without adding any kind of identity or personhood to that. Wakefulness without a person who is awake, without a me who's the, the one who's doing it, knowing it, just awake. Aware, knowing. This is not easy work to do. The Buddha said it's easier for a person to conquer an army of a thousand single-handed, a thousand times over. It's a million conquests, if you do the sums. Easier to conquer an army of a thousand single-handed, a thousand times over, than it is to conquer yourself. So this lays out the fact this is a tough job, challenging, undertaking. But it's also the only thing worth doing, the only real thing we can do, I would say. To practice the Dhamma, to be Dhamma, to embody the Dhamma itself, is in this moment, 
to know this flow of feeling and perception, to know it as it is. To let go of those rebirthing habits, being born into like and dislike, love and hate, success and failure, gain and loss, me and you. Instead, to wake up to this experience. Whatever the present moment experience is, one of the simplest and most direct ways of working with this is to name the feeling that is present. Whether it's challenging, whether it's like, it can be the feeling of, oh, I understand what this he's saying, but this is totally impossible, I can never do it, this is way beyond me, yeah, I might as well give up, <coughs> go up and go on holiday to the Caribbean. That's a feeling. That's the, I can understand what he's saying, but it's totally beyond me feeling. The, I might as well give it all up and go on holiday feeling. In this moment, that's what it is. Or it might be, wow, that's great. That means all I have to do is just keep remembering what the feeling is. Feeling. That's what this is. But to keep naming, to keep in clear perspective what the present moment experience is, whether it's joyful and liberating, functional and practical, painful and challenging, whatever it might be, to know in the moment there's this. If only I hadn't done that terrible thing in the past. I hope they don't find out where the bodies are buried. This is the, I hope they don't find out where the bodies are buried feeling. Or the opposite. I'm so happy I really did, uh, I really accomplished that. That's the one thing I'm proud of. One thing I really did well. I'm so happy I did that. That's the, I'm so happy I did that feeling. That's the, the one thing I'm really proud of feeling. So this balances, this is the, the <laughs> supreme balancing of the middle way. Whatever the mind creates around the idea of a person, a doer, past, present, future, painful, pleasant, neutral, wholesome, unwholesome, or in the middle, mixture. It's in this moment, using the quality of mindfulness and wisdom, satipanya, to know this is a presently arisen feeling set of perceptions. It's this. Has this quality, this shape, this flavor, this taste. It's this way. Doesn't have an owner, doesn't belong to a person, it isn't a person. And even when clarity, insight arises, the mind that says, as the Buddha put it in one of his discourses, if the mind says, I am at peace, I am without clinging, I have realized Nibbāna. Just the way the mind phrases it demonstrates the clinging that is still there. To notice that. 
This is the mind creating the, at last I've got it. Finally, I've realized Nibbana feeling. That's what this is. At last the mind is free of clinging. That's what this is. Shedding even the identification with what is most wholesome, most noble, wise. Not creating a, an identity, a conceit of I am, even around the awake mind. The inside of the Buddha is so clear, so helpful. Even when the mind says, I am at peace, I am without clinging, I have realized Nibbana, and to be, in, to some degree, accurate in that description. As he says, just the way the mind phrases it demonstrates the clinging that is still there. So even that needs to be let go of, seen as empty. As he puts it in that sutta, the Panchataya Sutta, instead, as the, seeing the origination, the disappearance, the gratification, the danger, and the escape, in the case of the six senses. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. As the origination, they arise. Seeing, hearing, feeling. Thinking, the thought arises, disappears. There's the origination, the disappearance. The gratification, yeah, this is delicious, this is great, it's beautiful, wow, look at that, this is marvelous, how wonderful. There's the gratification, the danger, the asada and the adinava. The degree to which the mind goes, wow, that's great is the degree to which it also invests in the, oh dear, now it's gone. Oh, that was really good. Now it's over. I used to have, and now it's gone. Asada anadinava, the gratification and the danger, the liability. The gratification can also be the, the, the thrill we get of opposing somebody, complaining, criticizing getting angry. That can feed a sense of thrill and being, having something to fight against, contend against. But then there's the liability, the downside, the adinava. There's the memory of the conflict, the fear of that other person's aversion and resentment, the shadow. Every source of light casts a shadow. Asada, adinava, gratification, danger. And then there's the escape, the nisarana. The escape is the recognition of this is seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching, remembering, imagining, feeling. The, es <coughs> the escape, the nisarana, 
is knowing sense experience just as it is, without adding anything to it. It's this feeling, in this moment. To practice in this way requires a lot of patience. Steadily noticing the mind's creations around pleasure, pain, gain and loss, comfort, discomfort, dullness, agitation, whatever it might be. Patiently noticing it, receiving it, being aware of it. Letting go of identification around it leaving that space open, watching the habits of self-creation try to wade in, flow in and create an identity. Even the I am at peace, I am without clinging. Every forming, every conceiving I and me and mine, patiently know that, be aware of that. This is the I am at peace. This is the at last I understand feeling. This is the oh no, I fell for that one too feeling. And in that recognition of it being simply a feeling, that's the escape, the nisarana. In that moment of clear seeing, the illusion of identification is lost. The illusion dissolves. Like seeing how the conjurer, the magician, did the trick. Oh, that's how it's done. There's a freedom. That's the escape from bondage into freedom. The Dhamma awakening to its own nature. The Dhamma that you are. The Dhamma that is every aspect of body and mind that you are already. Awakening. Knowing its own nature. Patiently, steadily. Allowing that, that realization. Here is the Dhamma. Knowing its own nature. Moment by moment. Hour by hour day by day.